This is the Improve Photography Podcast, episode number 174. This episode is brought to you by Improve Photography Plus. Get every product that Improve Photography makes all in one place for $19.95 a month. You'll get dozens of hours of video training, but lots of websites have lots of video training. Improve Photography Plus has a lot more than that. You also get access to the Download Center, where we have hundreds of Lightroom presets available to you, uh, contracts to use for your photography business and much, much more. Check it out at improvephotographyplus.com and use your two-week free trial uh, to see if it's for you. Thank you for your support of Improved Photography. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast, your weekly dose of photography knowledge. Today I am joined by Brian McGuckin and Jeff Harmon and a new voice on the podcast is Josh Corgan. Hey everybody. Hey. Hey. Well, Josh, since uh, people haven't met you yet, uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself in a sentence or two. Sure. So I'm a um, architectural and real estate photographer, primarily based in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I shoot a lot of uh, real estate um, in, in the southeast, uh, but I also specifically work on, a lot in um, shooting small businesses or their headshots for people. Um, so just basically general commercial photography. Well, very cool. Well, he hides the accent except for when he says Carolina. <laughs> Well, we have a lot to talk about in this episode, so let's jump right in. Uh, First, we have a few questions from listeners. Andrew Zaragoza uh, says he's going on a road trip and wants to edit photos on the go. This is uh, the case for a lot of you as you join us on our on our free photography workshops. A lot of people are buying the laptop before be- the week before uh, these <laughs> adventures. If you're used to working on a desktop at home and you don't use a laptop very often, a lot of people are buying them for these trips. And so he's finally traveling a little bit for his photography, and he wants to look at alternatives to a laptop um, for his photo editing. He's looking for something not too expensive, uh, but I, I guess I got from his question that he kind of wondered if really he should just be choosing a laptop, but he wanted wanted to kind of know what was in the house. What do you think? Okay, so uh, the iPad Pro is getting really, really good, except for storage. There's so tell the us about the iPad Pro, those that don't follow tech news. Sure. So it's it's the latest version. Well, not the very latest because they just came out with like the Pro Mini. I don't know what they called it. I can't remember. But but it, it's a refresh they did of the iPad that has um, it has now got enough processing power to be really similar to a laptop or desktop computer. It's got lots and lots of power inside it. But the storage is still tiny. You still have what the max is one twenty eight gig something like that. So your option, and, and it, of course there's no SD card slot or anything like that. You can try to connect something through the lightning port um, to get some storage attached to it, but it's still, it's just not great for a lot of photo editing. If you want to do a few, it's great. It's wonderful for that. But if you want to do a, a whole session or a couple of weeks worth of photos, I don't think it's the best choice. So, um, my recommendation for it, if you, if the budget's the kind of the consideration, the Dell XPS 13, um, you can get one that is a, a slightly older version of that machine. It's not the very latest one, but like the non-touch version has a Core i5, 8 gig of RAM, 128 gig SSD, so you'd have to bring some external storage with it, like a, a USB hard drive. But that, that all in uh, is 790 So... Price-wise, uh, you're probably below what a fully loaded iPad is. Um, and a heck of a lot editing. more functional for photo Way editing. Way more functional for doing photo editing. It's not going to be uh, blazing fast. It's not going to wow you. <laughs> but it would be adequate for, for doing some photo editing for the cheap while you're traveling. Well, that, that's a good recommendation. So I w- have, have any of you tried touch, like, like a computer that, that you can touch uh, for photo editing? Yeah, it's still not good with Lightroom or Photoshop, with one exception. Lightroom does have some special stuff. It detects if it's running on a Microsoft Surface device, and then it has a different UI that it switches to on a Surface. Oh, that's cool. I knew they, yeah. that uh, Microsoft and Adobe worked together on that. I right. didn't know there was a different so, UI. So on that, it, it works. It's much, much better. But just a normal laptop, it doesn't switch like that, and uh, I don't know of a way to force it. So it's 
the the buttons are too little. You can't you can't hit them right with touchscreen. All right, Kathy Nemec Lucas asks um, basically what to do for client uh, client downloads of photos. And so, you know, there are a lot of different ways. There's obviously not a right or wrong here. Um, so I thought we'd just kind of do a round robin on this one. Uh, she's looking to offer to make a client gallery after a photo shoot so to send them the photos, but also make it easy for them to buy individual pictures. Uh, for me personally, the way that I do this um, is I just give a link in Dropbox or in Google Drive to the whole kit and caboodle uh, just because uh, the way that my business works, I, I don't want to spend the time to sell individual photos. Uh, it just kind of slows down my process because I don't have processes for that because I'm not doing as many shoots for people. Rarely even am I doing those. Uh, so I like to just send them a Dropbox link and build it into the price that they can get everything. Uh, Josh, what do you do when you're doing a client gallery? Uh, how, how do you deliver photos to clients? You know, I have used, uh, thanks to the recommendation, I think, of Miss Erica Kay, the um, uh, pro program called PASS. Uh, it's pass.us. Um, you know, there's pluses and minuses with it, but it's an electronic forum. Where it's really photography specific, and it's geared towards wedding and portrait photographers. But I use it all the time, even though I don't do those things at all. I don't sell <laughs> any prints, even though like it actually, you know, there, I think there are capabilities within Pass to actually um, uh, proof and, and, and sell prints individually through it. But I find that for me, when I'm trying to deliver a photo to a client, I want it to be professional. Um, having it in a photography specific, you know, vehicle like something like this past program makes it look really good. Um, there's app integration. Some of the realtors, for instance, I work with love the fact that they can post directly from there to Instagram or one of their, one of their different, you know, or Facebook so that they can show off their property, their listing. Um, I also have the ability to really organize them in a gallery that's kind of flows through the property. For instance, if I'm, if I am shooting a house so they can see what it looks like to walk in the door and they kind of go in the, in the perfect order, take some of the work out of my client's hands. And I find it to be a really professional um, way to deliver pictures. So I'm looking at the website for Pass, and it says it's free up to 100 photos. Does that mean 100 photos per for that shoot? Yeah, per session. And yeah. then you pay $29 per session when you're going to use it? For more than 100 photos, yeah. That's a really cool pricing model. I really like that. So you're not, if I'm understanding this right, you're not locked into a month-to-month -month thing. You're just paying every time you, you upload a new session? That's, That's a bargain. That's a good deal. That's and a for good someone deal. like me, you know, who shoots real estate, I, I've never had to pay them anything, basically. Um, oh, yeah, because you wouldn't shoots. deliver more than 100 photos to a real estate client. Exactly. There's been a couple of other jobs I've done where I've had more photos, but I do a lot of like stock photography for businesses, and, and I'll have a, a gallery with like a thousand pictures, but, but that's only one time I've had to pay $29, and I mean, that's until a pretty they small change part. their model, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a great tool for me to use and very professional. Awesome. Brian, you know the founders of that, don't you? Yeah. Yes, I do. Brian's good buddies <laughs> with everybody. He knows. Know. He's got a guy in wherever he wants to go. That's awesome. It's so, like Brian, I'm, I'm guessing you're using Pass. Connected. It's like I'm connected because he's connected. There you so go. I'm <laughs> right, right in the coattails there. So, I, I know that the found the, the people that created Pass also created Show It, which is what I use for my website, and it allows me to kind of design my own thing however I want. It's kind of like a Photoshop website where you can make whatever you want. Um, and so from there, they end up making pass as a way to kind of pass the pictures off to the clients, basically. Um, and yeah, that's what I use, and I love it. Uh, for many reasons, similar to what Josh said, fortunately, I was able to have a connection that helped out to where I've got what's called a passport, where I've got it for life, and I don't have to pay anything no matter... I, I paid originally. But I don't have to pay if I go over $100. It doesn't matter for me anymore. But one of the things I love about it is, if you're on the video here, you'll be able to see, like, this is on my app on my phone. I've got basically my portfolio of all my shoots just right here on my phone. And it's really easy for me to go back into to check something. If a client wants something, I can email the photo to them straight from my phone, uh, post to social media. When your clients get it, you know, they've got the portfolio on their phone. If they post to social media, the photographer gets the credit for it. Uh, and it's just a great little thing. And I'm similar to you, Jim, as far as I like to charge up front what I need to make from the shoot. And then any prints that are ordered are kind of just extra bonus. And I do get an email probably 
once a month about somebody ordered some prints from it. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, the one thing that, if anyone uses it, that I would recommend is when you go to upload, it will um, change the quality to really high quality, which is great for 8x10s. But I use this for all my clients, and a lot of my clients, corporations and everything, need it, like a larger size. So you just have to change the setting on your computer to make sure that it uploads the actual size. And it's going to say, are you sure you want to do that? And I say yes. So that way I don't have clients coming back to me because I had once in the beginning someone said, hey, you know, this is good, but we can't, we can't blow it up the way we need to. So ever since then, you know, I, I upload it overnight. It's no big deal to me. And that way all the full size is up there, which is great. And then from there, the clients can make their folders of their favorites. And then I download those favorite folders to make albums for the clients. And it just takes minutes to do it all. So that's cool. Long story short, I use Pass as well. Okay, next time I do this, I'm going to ditch my dorky Dropbox and I'm going to use Pass. I didn't realize that it was per shoot. That's really cool. $29 there's when you're other, there's, when you're earning a bunch on a shoot. That's a good deal. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> there's one other I, just, I want to say one thing for the listeners. Sometimes it's, we are talking on top of each other. There's a little bit of latency in Skype. And so it's not that we're trying to be rude to each other. It's that <laughs> usually we just weren't getting the signal before the other person started talking. So I just wanted to throw that out there for listeners. There's one other big advantage. Um, pass will stay out there for it's 10 years right Brian 10 years and then they get the client gets an email saying if they want to continue then they pay a small amount so different from a lot of other hosting sites where you can do this as soon as this photographer stops paying the subscription the people can't get to their photos anymore pass will be there for 10 years because your photographer is not paying for it beyond the one time that they do it that's pretty darn cool yeah all right, the next question is from Nathan Whitworth, uh, who just picked up a 27-inch uh, iMac 5K. Ka-ching! That is awesome. I love my iMac. <laughs> um, and uh, he's having some trouble, though. He has 8 gigs of RAM, and what he has noticed is that in Lightroom, when he's adjusting the sliders um, and using brushes, he's seeing some lag. And I will say that that definitely should not be the case. Uh he bought the i5 processor, which isn't, it's it's a good processor. There's a bigger jump between an i3 and an i5 than there is between an i5 and an i7. So the processor should be okay. Uh, eight gigs of RAM though is very low. Uh, eight gigs of RAM is very low uh, for, for doing uh, any kind of processing much more so when we're talking about pushing a 5K screen looking at uh, doing photo editing. So my guess is that he has uh, he just needs a little bit of RAM and this is going to be fixed. What do you think, Jeff? You know this a lot better than I do. Yeah, that, that's very possible. The other thing I would try is turn off graphics acceleration. Uh, that's the, the brushes and filters is one of the places where they're trying to leverage graphics acceleration to make it so that it can be smoother and faster. They don't have it down very well yet. And... Most of the time, I think it works better without it on than having it on, turning it off. So try that. You can try turning off graphics acceleration, see if that helps any. I agree the RAM is probably the next thing I would look at and try to see if you can do anything about that to add some RAM to it. But other than that, it might just be kind of the <laughs> Lightroom being slow. It's yeah. not the fastest yeah. tool. You know, one thing I think, you know, in a way, I think he made a good decision because, uh, I, you know, when I ordered my iMac, I'd gotten eight gigabyte of RAM in it as well uh, because you can order RAM online an awful lot yep. cheaper. So, sure, so my suggestion sure. would be to go ahead and get the eight gigabytes and then go out and get, um, I'm for, you'll remember some of the brands, I can't remember what they are right now, but I, order your RAM online through Amazon and, uh, and that's a great way to kind of affordably boost it up to 16 or 32. That's right. Especially if you're changing, you're deciding between that and an SSD, get the SSD in there because you can always add external storage and then get the lowest RAM and add to yourself if you're comfortable at all, open it up the back and put some in. It's not hard. Yeah. So the good news is uh, installing, uh, well, changing anything on the iMac is not a friendly proposition. This computer <laughs> is an all-in-one and it wants to be in one. It does not want you taking things apart and stuff. Good news is the RAM is super easy to take apart. Right. There's just a, a hole right in the back of the computer that you can just lift the, the little lid there. Uh, you press in a little pin and it just pops open and you just literally just pull out the stick and pop in new ones. Like this is a 30 second 
second operation. Yes. The trick is you need to make sure you have exactly the right RAM for your machine. And for that, I've got to get my bre- give my brother's company a plug. Uh, my brother works for Crucial uh, that makes lots and lots of RAM, but they have a really cool tool. If you just go to crucial.com, that's C-R-U-C-I-A-L. Um, if you go to crucial.com, uh, it has a memory finder that's a pretty uh, popular tool in the industry. Yes, and, it's uh, the tool I use. Yeah, you just you just press download the scanner, it will run and it will tell you exactly what RAM you need to buy. Um, yep. And you can order it there or get it on Amazon, however it is you want to do it. So uh, crucial.com. Uh, if your computer's lagging, like there are a lot of different things you can look at, but that's one that's really simple to do. You do not have to be super technical to change the RAM out of a computer. I want to say even I have changed the RAM before. <laughs> I, I am the worst at anything geeky like that. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Geeky. Um, shooting bald people is what you wanted to talk in this podcast. We laughed when you put this in the show notes because we thought this was a little subtle cut into Jeff Harmon, but uh, <laughs> yes, apparently it's not. <laughs> and Josh also. Josh just took his hat off. Oh, and Josh, come on. Uh, it- this is the challenge. This is a, call, this is a call out to Nick Page, actually. But anyway, I don't know. <laughs> there you go, guys. Make you feel better. I'll, I'll cover up my hair so that way you don't feel bad. All right. So I, I need help. Okay. I don't. A lot of the shoots I typically do, you know, are more a photojournalistic style of things, and I don't often do. I don't do any studio work, and so if I do portraits for somebody, it's usually. A corporation last minute calling me up wanting me to come and do something. So I was doing some headshots for a law firm recently and I had a good location. They were by a window and the Indianapolis skyline was in the background and I had um, just a flash off camera to the side there and everything was working working well. And then I had a bald guy who I, I was shooting and, and I wasn't thinking of this and he's, uh, it was a darker skin. He was African-American and which I don't think would matter, but maybe you can help me with this. And I took a couple shots and I was looking at it and, uh, you know, I was chimping, chirping, chipping. chipping. I was chimping. So I was like, I'm like, ooh, 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 that's not right. And I was losing the, where the baldness, you know, like the distinct line of there's the top of his head compared to the backlit background. And I, I couldn't figure out what I needed to do if I needed to change my lighting on that. Or, or what? So those of you people that shoot bald people, or those of you that are bald and maybe have some insight, um, Jeff and Josh, maybe you can give me some tips on what I need to do when shooting bald people when they're backlit. Well, I'll be, okay, I'll, I'll start by saying I have no idea because I've never taken a picture of myself. Um, uh, <laughs> so, 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 well, I've, done, I've only ones I've done have actually been um, at a distance where it really wasn't an issue, the lighting wasn't an issue. Um, I can see how that could be an issue though, and uh, the only thing I could think of is just making sure that light is soft and indirect, and, and that's the only thing I can think of. So was the was the reflection on his head caused by the flash or the bright background? It was from the. It was more of the the bright background. Well, and, I, and I've had this problem before with with bald people. I don't know if I've ever run into this problem, but just one idea I'd have at least is: what if you just crank up the power of your flash so that the pa- the flash on the front of the person more closely matches the light outside and then there wouldn't be that that dynamic range problem uh, between the the light the light values on the head and the the light in the background and then it may it would seem like that would fix it yeah i, I mean that's an idea i don't see problem my problem is i don't those of you that have listened enough, you know, I don't have time to practice and especially doing portraits of people. And so when I got there, I'm like, okay, this guy was waiting and I, there were six guys I was shooting and then I just didn't have time to be like, okay, let me experiment and see what this would do or that would do. And so I changed the aperture a little bit and I did change the power of the flash and even, you know, move the location of it a little bit and it, it didn't get much better. I mean, all the shots turned out great and I love them and we had other backgrounds as well to where it, it doesn't really matter, but the inner perfectionist in me was disturbed that I couldn't figure out what needed to happen to fix that. So the tip I've heard before, but I've never tried, uh, if you know that's going to be there, is baby powder. <laughs> 
put that on the top of their head and okay. it, it reduces the reflectivity of their skin. Like the oil in their skin is what's caused it to look so reflective. So yeah. putting some baby powder on there reduces the reflectivity. Also, uh, you have to be real subtle and careful with this because it can offend people. But when you're yeah. back there powdering, if you just <laughs> gently rub on his head, that's that's at least a year of good luck. So This is probably why I've never done it. Hey, sir, can I powder your head? <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know how to do that. Give him a little scalp massage. So that, that was my issue, which apparently you guys – Aren't helping yet. So. <laughs> Sorry, I've never faced that. Maybe I guess with my little fog spray that I need to get that Jim always recommends, I need yeah. to get some baby powder and combine the two, you know? Yeah. Maybe the fog spray, if I would have sprayed that behind him, maybe that would have helped. Hey, fog spray pr- improves every picture. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, the only other thing I had to share uh, just deals with event photography. I've got a couple crazy weeks coming up here. Uh, next weekend is Indy 500 and I've got four days in a row of eight to 10 hour shoots for those. Um, then the very next day I jump on an airplane to fly out to Washington to meet Nick Page and, uh, well not meet him, but to meet up with Nick for a few days. And then from there fly out to, to China to- Yeah, baby, I'm excited him. about that. Yeah, that's gonna be sweet. So my other thing was just with the event coming up and what I tend to try to do is I, I'd like, I like people and I consider myself to be relational and so I, I just can't stress enough the importance of relationships and when you have opportunities at events to just take advantage of that, meet as many people as you can. Um, you know, If you're doing photos of somebody who may be, whether it's a local celebrity or any type of celebrity or whatever, just trying to find any connections you can to those people and you know, tagging them on social media if you have the right to be able to use those images and do stuff like that. But um, you never you never know what can come from relationships and and people. So whenever you're at events, just taking advantage of those opportunities. Very cool. Well, Josh, I know that one thing that you are involved with is uh, some small business kind of organizations that can, that can help out photographers. And so I know you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So thanks. So um, when I look around the forums, um, photography oriented forums in particular, I see a lot of people asking questions about how to kind of get their business started up or they, they want to find out, you know, do they need to have a business plan or what that should look like or how do they find out how much to charge? These are very common questions. And one source resource that we have here in the U.S. is something called the Small Business Development Center. It's actually a division of the SBA, the Small Business Administration. And what they offer is a free consulting service. It um, uh, allows people to come in and you can just say, hey, I'm trying to start this business or I'm trying to tweak my existing business. I want to know how I should you know, price this or what I should do to get, let's say, financing or start a business plan. Or um, it, even they even have people who work within the, the office who might have specific specialties. They work in services as opposed to, let's say, you know, retail. So um, it's a free resource. It's incredibly helpful to people who's maybe started from nowhere and trying to figure out where to go. Um, and if you don't have a small business development center where you're living, there's probably are some other resources that are free that are out there. And I'd encourage people to look for them. But it's been really helpful to me and uh, a lot of people that I know. Very cool. So what kind of what kind of issues are, are photographers needing to work through uh, w- with a business advisor or something like this? Well, one of the things I see a lot, and I honestly had to question it at first as well, is just simply how much do I charge? I think that seems to be the, the biggest question I see people ask. It's business, business oriented when people are on a photography forum. They want to know like, okay, someone wants me to shoot their, their you know, a portrait or they want to they shoot you know, their baby or something and they have no idea like w- when they're starting how much should we charge for these services that you know should they charge 50 bucks, $100 um, and so what they'll do is they'll actually go step by step through un- understanding what your costs are what your goals are with the business and it, let's say you just want to do it as a, as a part time thing it's, just, it's not just for people who let's say want to launch a, a, a you know a full fledged full time business uh, these are for hobbyists and other people as well um, but that's an, an incredibly important question when you want to know how much should you charge for your services and it's very important to understand your cost structure and people at the Small Business Development Center will actually walk you through your existing costs, um, what you need to cover, how much money you need to make and come up with a way to design it, whether it's an hourly rate or a day rate or a per service rate that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and those services exist online, but if you want someone to help you actually walk you through it in person, um, something like a Small Business Development Center is a great place to go. Very cool. Well, we have lots to talk about in in this episode. Um, 
there uh, and including we are going to include the do random of the week a new feature that we're going to have but before we get into that uh, we want to take a second and thank video blocks a new sponsor of the podcast i've been a customer of video blocks for almost a year before they advertised um, video blocks is a really cool website so i'm a i'm a media creator i'm making tutorials for you guys all the time i'm making uh, advertisements for the services that improved photography is doing i'm uh, making training videos and all kinds of things like that so uh, i often need kind of b-roll video just video of a location or like today i needed uh, a video of a card catalog uh, for an anecdote that i was going to include in a tutorial and so i don't have a card catalog that I can go video in my house. And so I just go to videoblocks.com and I can type in what I want. Um, and it, like they have tons and tons and tons of video, stock video that you can include in your product. Now, there are a lot of websites that offer kind of stock video services. The cool thing about uh, video blocks is that it is a, you pay $99 a year, a year, and then you can download as much as you want through the year. That's a really, really, really good value. If you look how much it costs to get, you know, HD quality uh, stock video, it's usually exorbitant prices. And the other cool thing about it is that they let you use it in both both personal and commercial products. Uh, since I am an attorney, I always go first thing when I look at a new stock website. I want to see what their licensing terms are. And I love the way that Videoblocks makes this really simple and allows me to actually use the video that I pay for, uh, unlike some of those other stocks at websites that are just very, very restrictive with them. So check out videoblocks.com. That is V-I-D-E-O-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash improve. Videoblocks.com slash improve is where you can sign up. That's videoblocks.com slash improve. Thanks everybody uh, for uh, supporting Video Blocks and taking a look uh, at that. It really is a very, very cool service. Well, Jeff, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some more geeky computer stuff, which we <laughs> always look forward to. Uh, you always have a wealth of, of knowledge to share with us. What do you have for us? Yeah, being the nerdiest nerd on the on the network, I feel like it's my responsibility to give you this stuff. <laughs> That's so. right. <laughs> okay, uh, it's it's uh, the first thing is Windows 10 and OS 10 OS 10 El Capitan. Both of them have been through sufficient testing. Now I've been on the podcast months ago saying, wait, don't do it yet. If you rely on your computer for your business, which photographers do, then hold off. Don't do it yet. It's now to the point where there's no longer any concerns. There might you might have specific scenarios where you might run into challenge. So I'm not going to say it's it's guaranteed to be pain free. <laughs> But um, I've been running it since August 2010, Windows 10 and El Capitan. Uh, no, no problems for me. I haven't experienced any issues at all. The forums kind of got noisy right after they released, which is why we said to wait. That's kind of been worked out too. I don't see any noise anymore in the forums specific to those operating systems. So if you haven't upgraded yet, uh, especially OS 10, it's so easy, just go do that. Uh, for Windows 10, it might be a little bit more involved and you probably should plan that out. You should plan a weekend or some time where you could be uh, working on it for a little bit to get through it. But it's also the best upgrade Microsoft's ever done, in my opinion. So, um, you know, the advice in the past I would have given people when they're upgrading was wipe out your OS and start over, which is super painful. And with Windows 10, if you're going even from 7, uh, they've got the best migration they've ever done uh, for, for getting there with that. So go ahead and and upgrade those. Uh, the next one was, I don't know, I wanted to know if you guys knew about this. With the adjustment brush in Lightroom, are you aware of the amount slider on the adjustment brush? Thanks to you. <laughs> Brian, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it doesn't sound surprising, but I don't know, keep going. <laughs> I, I don't recall. Okay, you I just found this like last week and I can't believe I've missed it this whole time. On the adjustment brush, you know, there's a little panel that drops down on the right-hand side when you click on adjustment brush that has the controls that you can do in the adjustment brush. There's also this little triangle off to the right near the top of that panel. And when you click it, the panel shrinks 
and the slider gets exposed that says amount. And you can define the amount of how much intensity you want that adjustment brush to have. So no, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for me, I, so a lot of those default slider, default uh, preset brushes and the adjustment brush are too much. The clarity, the, sorry, the softened skin, for example. The teeth, teeth whitening is the one. Whoa, it's yeah, crazy it's looking. Yeah, <laughs> over the top. Most of them are just crazy. So usually I would go adjust the sliders. I've even made my own preset so that it was different and so on. With that amount slider, you can have the effect be kind of more consistent with what they were trying to get at with the brush, but then you can just lower the amount until it no longer looks insane. And uh, it's another thing to try, another good way to to uh, use the adjustment brush. I did a photo taco, taco on it this week, so that's why I was bringing it up. Very cool. I've yeah, never so heard of that before. So the point, the point of using this is like, let's say we're we're adjusting the exposure with with an adjustment brush. If we're doing that. There are two ways we can do it. One, we could just, you know, we can make our little line and then we can just reduce the amount of exposure that we're changing. And that's just fine. You might as well move the adjustments. You might as well move the exposure slider to, to reduce the effect. But if we're moving like five different sliders, we're moving the white balance a little bit, we're moving the exposure, we're moving the shadows with one brush stroke, then this is helpful because then you can do it all in one spot. Right. What I would love to see is this (laughs) for presets. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Because some presets need more of an effect and some need less. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just apply a preset and then just adjust the amount all in one? That would be sweet. which is how it works for adjustment brushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the Iris Enhance one that comes with Lightroom, the preset for that brush is only 40% strength instead of 100% strength. Right, yeah. So that I'm, I'm talking about like a you know yeah, a developed yeah, preset would be exactly. nice. Exactly. Yeah. Right, well, so you be, could just change the effect. Oh, yeah. that'd be sweet. Jim, I might be ready to blow your mind here, but it actually <laughs> this, this actually already exists. I don't, have you ever heard of something called the fader? Um, I, I heard about it on online forum. It's, it's, a, it's a plugin for Lightroom you can download. I think if you just Google the Fader Lightroom, you'll come up. It's a plugin. It's free to try. I think they eventually want you to donate a few bucks, but it does exactly that. It enables you to actually choose the amount for an entire preset. Um, and so you can take it all the way down to zero, or you can even like take it past 100. You know, can just go crazy with the effect. I use it a lot. It's really helpful when you want to make a quick adjustment to a preset that you've got, but you don't want to have to create a new preset to do it. Check out the fader. It's not my doodad, but uh, it's one I thought. This is cool. I have never <laughs> seen this before. The fader. All right, I'm going to check into that. That's really neat. Okay, uh, the, my, my last item. <laughs> okay, the last item. On one photo raw. So I wanted to talk about this. It's it's not even out. Can't you can't check it out. It's uh, they're making a whole bunch of media um, announcements about it right now. Coming in the fall, new product from On One, directly targeted against uh, not fully Lightroom because it's not trying to do the uh, management aspects, but raw processing to take over for that. And uh, maybe even, I, well, I heard Matt Kozlowski, he's, I've been reading all of his stuff and listening. He's been all over the place on different podcasts too. And, uh, and he's been talking about how they're not exactly targeting hobbyists or beginners or people who find Lightroom intimidating, but um, that's going to be a, a nice benefit. They're trying to make it so it's super simple. But the biggest reason I wanted to talk about it was they are tapping into the graphics acceleration. They are really making use of that. So... He's been demonstrating, Matt has, uh, through videos that he's recorded, how this thing works. Because it's not released yet. It's really super beta. There's all these kind of tags all over the place that are technical. And (laughs) the marketing department hasn't been able to get in there yet and pretty the thing up. But he's showing what's going on. And he, he, they're able to, in real time, like in a, they, they have a film strip style thing, like in Lightroom with the bottom of the film strip. And you can select all of them and start playing around with things. And every one of the photos are in real time changing as he changes a slider or applies a filter because they are, they're actually building this thing from the ground up on the technology that we have right now, which means graphics processor. And they've been able to make some significant progress. And the reason I'm so excited about it isn't necessarily that I think I'm going to be switching to on one photo raw to do my processing because I, I don't think I will. 
but I'm hoping this is going to put Adobe to the fire <laughs> and they're going to say, we have to make graphics processing work. They, they made an attempt in 2015. They botched it completely, I'd say. It's just, it's not even worth having on, like I mentioned before. But my prediction at the end of 2015 for 2016 was that Adobe would get that right finally and it would actually matter and help. And I'm hoping on one doing this is going to really push them so that they, they make my prediction come true. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing. Uh, I, I've watched some of the videos as well. And the, the biggest difference that I'm seeing is there's no import at all. There's no import and no catalog. Uh, it's just right. editing your photos as they stand on the computer. And so it, it's kind of an, I, I don't know really what to think of it. Uh, because it's like the real benefit of Lightroom is that you can, f is it's the organization aspect. Um I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think because I'm still going to need Lightroom. It's not a replacement for Lightroom. Nope, I still need something not. to organize the photos. But maybe would I call with a tool like this and then organize in Lightroom? But then, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's it's a big mystery to me. We'll, we'll see how it goes when it comes out. Uh, but but I, like you, Jeff, I'm really glad to see somebody Push uh, doing something to Adobe because Lightroom needs some help. Yep. All right. Um well, I have a question for you guys uh, for my segment. It's something I just cannot decide. So backup, there's no perfect backup solution. Every backup solution, you know, I, I have put years of my career into my photo library, right? And there is always some kind of risk that those photos are going to vanish, that I'm going to lose them. And that's terrifying, right? Um, but every backup solution still has some vulnerability. I have the, so the solution I have right now is I have my iMac and on my iMac, on my primary drive, I have my Lightroom catalog. It references the photos that are on my Drobo. A Drobo is just an external hard drive that fits five external hard drives in one and works really fast with the computer so that I can uh, have uh, many more photos than could fit on any one single hard drive. And so I have that attached. Um, uh, with Thunderbolt to the computer, so it's super, super fast. Um, but then the question is, how do I back up the Drobo? Because there's only one copy of my data. It's on the Drobo. And one one single drive can go bad on my Drobo, and I'm still okay. But what if multiple go wrong? Or what if I screw something up and I accidentally delete a photo in Lightroom? Um, and it's just gone, right? Well, that's where I need the backup. So I bought a second Drobo, and my current process for this is every three weeks, a month, I, uh, I sync my two Drobos together, and I take one to my parents' house and leave it in their closet. Uh, the problem with this is sometimes I get lazy, and sometimes <laughs> it goes two months. Right now I'm at three months that I haven't backed it up to it. Um, it's t it's not smart. I should not do this. Uh, but the, uh, the only other option is that I bring that second Drobo into my house, and I could have it back up every single night, right? I could do this automatically. Problem with that is... What if there's a house fire? What if there's a flood? What if somebody comes in and steals it? Uh, then I'm out all my photos. And so I just want to ask a question to each of you. We're going to do a poll. Uh, what do you think is safer? Uh, which would I be happiest with? Continue my process of taking my second Drobo to my parents' house every few weeks um, and and risk the fact that I could lose a couple months of data if I, if I was getting a little bit lazy right then. Uh, or do I bring that second Drobo home and sync them up automatically? The problem with syncing them up automatically is one, flood, fire, or theft. But also, what happens if I just accidentally mess up and delete a folder and it gets synced? Uh, it gets synced to the other drive and I don't notice for a couple months. Versioning would do fine for a couple weeks, but what if it's been a couple months and I notice, holy cow, I accidentally deleted the wrong thing, then it's gone. Uh, so, uh, Josh, I'm tossing it to you first what's your advice which one do you pick well my advice okay so i would suggest a version of option two bring the second drobo home um i would i would not keep them sitting right next to each other i, I wouldn't i wouldn't you know set a candle next to one and then you know, put one next to the <laughs> next to the next to the tub but but i would i would keep them in different places but i think the real solution is and you haven't mentioned this yet right now is 
some sort of other off-site storage. Mm-hmm. And what I have done just actually two weeks ago, I've heard about a, a company that's been around for a while called Backblaze. Um, they're just an online backup service that's really affordable. Like it's, I think I paid $50 a year maybe, um, and it backs up and mirrors all of my drives, internal drives, external drives, any drive I wanted to, to, to back up, it mirrors all of them off-site. Um, if there's a complaint about it, it it's really, it's a little slow. Um, I'm, I, I started it about a month ago. I went through the 14-day trial, and at the end of the 14-day trial, I still had 24,000 files out of 2 million that hadn't backed up. But that's not a bad number. Um, so, so at this point, it's actually still, I just looked, it's still got t- uh, 2,000 files yet to upload to the off-site storage. But that gives you that extra layer of protection. So you can keep that, you know, set up where you've got both of your Drobos um, and then have a really inexpensive offsite ser- service like that that would work for 50 bucks a year. That is a good suggestion. I've actually tried Backblaze and the problem that I had, and not everybody has this problem. Some people it works great for, uh, but the problem that I have, and I have heard from quite a few others, is it just never finished uploading. And one problem that I have is uh, doing just this podcast in video, just the audio from this podcast is a gigabyte. Uh, do The video from this podcast is going to be 8 to 10 gigabytes because it's a 45 minute to an hour long video every single week and then we have the other podcasts plus all the tutorials i'm making uh and my internet at my house just could never keep up i was just always getting further and further behind uh maybe if my internet updates and i get google fiber or something uh but for (laughs) me it it never never uh got there so one idea though that's a good suggestion because i am going to try this week amazon prime photos and just upload at least most of my photos at least the photos i care about so at least they're there but i would still lose i mean all my business files all that kind of stuff that that i I've got to back up somehow. So it's something. Uh, Brian, how about you? My opinion is go back to the days of college where you go to your parents' <laughs> house, you bring your laundry, you bring your kids, <laughs> uh, not kids in college, but bring your kids, have a meal with them, you know. And, and I personally like the idea of having something away from the house. And you kill a few birds with one stone. You back up your hard drives, you know, you have dinner with the parents and do your laundry and maybe get some free babysitting, go out with your wife on a date. I know you can use that right now, I'm sure. Um, I just, I feel safer with something else or something being outside of the house. Okay. But but I never use a Drobo. It sounds like you need a Drobo for your Drobo for your Drobo, and I don't know where it's ever going to stop for you, Jim, but yeah. uh, that, that would be my vote. All right, Jeff, what do you say? You have a serious addiction to hard drives, Jim. I do. Yeah, but it's needed. I, I get it. And you're right, you are in the situation where there is not a good solution. There just isn't. The, the online backup is going to be awesome someday, I am confident, but it's just not enough bandwidth for everybody to be able to do it. Even if you got Google Fiber, I'll bet the other end, the whatever provider you picked, they're going to start throttling you because they can't afford that kind of connectivity either. So uh, I don't think that would, <laughs> that would fix it right now. Um, okay, so... I think I would choose the offsite as well. I would, I would go to do your parents' offsite um, storage. Just, uh, I mean, trying to remember to do it is the challenge, of course. But you've got to remember, I guess if you set it up in your house over the network, it could kind of be automated. But then, like you said, if it synced so far to be automated, I could delete something and not be able to get it back. Um, but fire, flood, whatever those kinds of things are, uh, you know, it doesn't happen that often, obviously. But. I checked actually because okay. <laughs> I, I'm working on a product on a product right now called Lightroom Medic. I'm recording the tutorials this week, and this is what we got me thinking of it. I asked on our Facebook group um, what everybody would recommend, and so it kind of came to this. Anyway, uh, the, the instance of of someone's home being destroyed by a fire, destroyed by a fire, not just like a little house fire, right. is one in three thousand in the United States. But then there's also flood and theft. Anyway. All right, so I think I'm gonna gonna stick with what I have, but uh, nothing's perfect, I guess. Well, we want to get to the doodads of the week, and we have some great ones lined up for you, and also the first random doodad of the week. Uh, but first, Brian, what do you have for us? Uh, and I hope I haven't mentioned this one before, but mine is the SoundBot um, Bluetooth speaker. It's the SB five seventy one. Uh, you get it on Amazon. It's like twenty bucks, and the quality is amazing. 
I don't. Jeff, do you have this? I don't do have. have speaker? I don't have sound bot, but I have one very, very similar. Okay. So. This this is great, especially for twenty bucks. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, we use it for everything, whether we're watching a movie if it's hooked up to our computer and we're you know doing dishes, or if I'm out editing and just want some bigger you know base of a sound, or if I'm working in the car. Um, or working out somewhere, I take it in my car with me, and because my phone, I have an old car, so my phone doesn't Bluetooth to it. Um, you know, take it with you on shoots. You know, if you want to do something playful or with seniors, and you want to play music, I know some people play stuff out of their phone, and it just isn't loud enough. So you know, you could play it from that, and so it's. Uh, we actually have two of them, and and we love them. And for twenty bucks, the it is true. Like you, everyone who buys one, you'll be blown away with the quality for 20 bucks. Very cool. Yeah, I, I have one that looks identical to that. It's just a different brand. So. All right, Jeff, how about you? Okay, so mine's, mine's free, so there's, there's that. We had a discussion in the, face, in the Photo Taco Facebook group just today. Someone had said they were having challenges with getting Lightroom to start up. It just kind of freezes for a long time and when, it, when it launches. And so we were asking questions about it and trying to figure out what's going on. And kind of led to we think the problem is the SSD is just like almost filled up. Then he only had four gig free on the SSD and that oh, can yeah. that can lead to some bad challenges. Either OS 10 or Windows, they both want more space than that to flex out or you know, lay out and <laughs> have some space to, to work with there. So uh, the tool I was going to recommend, it's, it is Windows specific. It's called Windurstat. It's been around for a really long time. But you run it, and it has this like visualization it does of your whole hard drive. And you can easily see the big, big boxes that it, ha it shows are the really big uh, files. And you can go see if there's a whole bunch of them that are easy to get rid of. So it's a nice way to kind of visually go through and find the big ones that you, you should consider getting rid of, like maybe the uh, backups that Lightroom makes. It never deletes any of those backup files. They keep going and going. So every time you say yes, which you should when it asks if you want to back up, but every time you say yes, it's creating a whole new backup of your entire catalog, and those things can get really, really big, and you start having one of them a week, it's, it really stacks up. So you can go find those and get rid of them, get rid of all but like the last one, for example, free up some disk space. So it's a tool to be able to go find that. It's at winderstat.info, and you can go download the free tool, and it's really helpful. Very cool. Josh, how about you? So I have a kind of a, a different sort of app that's, that's really uh, come to my radar recently. I have to preface this by saying I have a six-week-old daughter, um, which means I don't get any sleep and I can't remember anything. So <laughs> I found an app called IFTTT, which stands for If This Then That. Uh, which means it's, you create recipes in your phone uh, that connect different applications that you use. So uh, essentially, if you want to um, uh, set it up so that if you leave your house, it'll know you've left your house. It'll automatically send you a reminder to do something. Or let's say you add a new contact to your phone. You can set up a recipe where anytime you add a new contact to your phone, your phone automatically saves it to a, a different app like Dropbox or um, uh, Evernote or something like that. Um, there's tons of different sort of scenarios you can create on your you can create your own recipes they call them or you can use a tons of them that are out there that already exist and for us techies most photographers I know love to use technology in different ways um, this is a really cool tool I found that already you know I just I set up an app to say just let me know if it's gonna rain tomorrow and so only if it's gonna rain tomorrow do I get a quick notification just letting me know that it's gonna rain tomorrow if it's not it doesn't give me some notification saying it's not um, just you can be very specific with it and it's i think it's a really cool and fun tool it's called if this then that very cool that's awesome one of the one of the big use cases i've seen for that would be it's really hard to make a single post on social media hit all of the different social media outlets you have some that have some cross posting capabilities but it's usually second rate it's not as good experience as directly posting so if you use if this then that to see a post on one you can set it up to go post to the others the right way for you does that work with Instagram? It does. Oh. Well, you'd have to start on Instagram. You'd have to oh, post okay. on Instagram and then have it pull it from Instagram to the others because you can't do a post for, to your computer. 
And to be specific, actually, there, Jeff, one of the things that it does, if you right now share an Instagram picture, I use Instagram a lot. I'm a, I'm a freak with Instagram. If you if you add it to your Twitter feed, it shows up as a link. You don't actually see the picture in the Twitter feed. This allows it. It'll actually send the picture instead of right. just the link, which is kind of cool. Right. Very cool. Well, I am recommending this week the Apple World Travel Adapter Kit. So everything that I do is kind of in the Apple ecosystem. I have Apple TV and the Apple iPhone and the iMacs. Um, and so uh, I and and I, I like that because it kind of keeps everything together. And so when I travel, I had bought uh, a couple different times just the dumb uh, electric tr- travel adapters, you know, so you can plug in to charge your camera batteries and stuff um and i I bought those a few times and then i searched on on amazon and i found this by accident apple makes just a little different plug-in that you can take your normal cords and stuff and you just pop off that little end the the part that actually goes into the wall and they make it for all the different countries. And so to, to charge your computer while you're on your go, your your phone, whatever, uh, I've just been using this and it's been really handy. So just wanted to let you know it's there if you're going to be traveling to China with me and Brian in a couple of weeks. Um, and also we want to give a do random of the week. Uh, I know a lot of you have mentioned that you love the, the doodad of the week segment um, each week. And so we wanted to leave you each week with one completely random product that has absolutely nothing to do with photography. Um, and I'm going to take the very first do random of the week. Um, and that is Sonos. Uh, do any of you have Sonos? Nope, it's quiet. No, no, Majid Badazagan, no. Majid uses Sonos too. Uh, I really love it. So it's a speaker. They're kind of expensive speakers. I really had to gulp and bite the bullet the first time I got one. But the cool thing about Sonos is it connects. You can put them, you know, you can buy a bunch of them and put them in different rooms of your house. And then you can, uh, and then it will play Pandora or whatever, whatever you want. And it syncs all the speakers so you, uh, so that they're all playing at the same time. Uh, you can use it as your home theater speakers in that room. You can be playing things in different rooms or all the same throughout the house. And uh, my wife especially loves this one. She's always playing music in the house, uh, piano music or whatever. Um, and so Sonos is my recommendation of the week. It is expensive. You got to buy them one speaker at a time. Uh, but they, but it really is nice just to have music kind of fill in the house in all the different rooms. So that is my do random of the week. Well, Very guys, cool. it was great talking with you. And we look forward to talking with you again in the next, in another seven days. See ya.